welcome, 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 welcome to the Hitstick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, joined, not as always, but for today by Mr. Kyle Brewer. What's going on? And of course, not the quarterback, Chris Sims. What's up, what's up? How's everyone doing tonight? Well, before we get started and hop into a big show we got for you guys today, just wanted to remind everybody to follow us on those social medias at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, feel free to uh, follow us on our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. At KBrew22. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. Get at us. And for any uh, long-form feedback, questions, or recommendations, feel free to send us an email, hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. And uh, one last thing I want to throw in there is if you guys could help out and do a review for us on Apple Podcasts, that would greatly, greatly help us out. Any kind of rankings for that as well. Well, anyways, boys, ready to jump in? Let it Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, first things first, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. It's kind of like a slow period, I feel like, when it comes to football. Like, you know, the draft's over. OTAs are kind of getting warmed up, but it's mostly just rookie mini camps. A lot of, you know, a lot of nonsense being out there. The only real news I've been going over is what's going on with the Deshaun Watson cases and things like that. And, you know, there's an HBO special coming out tonight with some of the accusers, as well as uh, actual more football related. Rashad Penny comes down with a hamstring injury during OTAs. Now, I don't really think that's a too big of a thing to worry about yet until it is something to worry about. Um, but, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at with that. What are you guys' thoughts on those? Um, I, I'm i a little bit concerned. Nah, I mean, I agree. It's not something to freak out over. But, I mean, you're talking about a player that has basically played, like, what, 10 games total in the last uh, three seasons. Um, I think this is really good for Kenneth Walker. Uh, it's something that – I'm mean, he's a player that I want to have an eye on come ADP, come redraft season. Because if he is going, you know, in those later rounds or even in those mid-tier rounds, I, I'd be interested in that. I think Pete Carroll is the kind of coach that's going to get the most out of his running backs. He, he does utilize his skill position players very well, especially the running back position. So if there's a guy there that's going to be leading that backfield, that is something that's going to be valuable for fantasy football. But it's not something to freak out over right now, but it, it, it just is concerning when it's a player that is consistently always dealing with injuries. Yeah, I would say my biggest concern with that is – you know, in those middle rounds, I'd feel fine taking a shot on him. But if there's more and more things that pop up on Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker now ADP is going in the fourth or fifth round, probably going to steer clear of that because, you know, who knows how these rookies will kind of translate to the NFL level. I mean, just think of it like last year when you took you invested uh, in your typical PPR 12 team leagues. You used a fifth round pick on Javante Williams. Would either of you guys say that panned out? Because, I mean, he had an R year, but I don't know if he had fifth-round pick worthy no, year. No, definitely uh, yeah, not fifth-round pick. I think he was solid if you hit on all of your other picks. Like, if you weren't expecting him to be your your workhorse, your bell cow kind of, you know, yeah. in NFL terms. But So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just something that makes me a little bit nervous without the, you know, guaranteed opportunity. Yeah, it's something to monitor for sure. But, um, yeah, so, uh, so we're going to dive into what we're talking about here? Yeah, let's get it. AFC West edition. Let's do it. I couldn't take that from him. 
Yeah, that's fine. I was expecting you to help me. I, I couldn't. It you didn't are feel Ryan right. Longton. I was getting ready to, but it just it didn't feel right taking that you're, from him. I, I like what is going on. You're supposed to be Ryan Long tonight. You didn't even say what the fuck is up as Denny's. You didn't. We're, we're not even at Denny's right now. Oh. I don't know what to do with you right now, Kyle. God damn it, Kyle. Um, well, let's go ahead and get started. I'm sure there'll be some more stuff for, for us to bitch at Kyle about later on. Always. That's, um, that's what he's here for. Like I said before, we're going to uh, do a little bit of a AFC West breakdown, and we're going to go ahead and get started with the first team. That is the Denver Broncos. Did we do this in uh, alphabetic order this year? I think I tried to, but I could have made a mistake or two. But I think for this week, I'm good. Because I got scolded on that last year. Well, I mean, when I'm looking up the teams, and it's in alphabetical order, and that's how I'm writing my notes... And then I hop into the show doc, and the last alphabetical team is first, and it throws me all off. Yeah, I was going based off finish. We can't have me off my game. That's that's fair. You know? Yeah. Don't want Big Bad Set over there to be off his game. Yeah, it takes a lot for me, too. But anyways, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, the first player I kind of want to talk about is it's kind of a hot name when it comes to this offseason, kind of on what happened. Um, you know, of course, they trade for Russell Wilson, so that's going to affect all of their you know, players in the Denver, you know, offense. But the player I want to highlight is Mr. Albert O. And I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because then I'll sound like an idiot. But um, that's a tight end. He's out of Missouri. He's been in the league now for a few years. And he's done pretty well with his opportunity, but he's always had Noah Font in front of him. And they just drafted another rookie, Greg Dolcich, who was probably a top five tight end in this year's draft. I liked so that kid. I, I definitely think that, you know, a lot of people just think that, you know, Russell Wilson comes in and boom, all of their skilled players are all going to get a boost. And that's what makes me a little bit worried about Alberto. I feel like a lot of people are going to have him in, in their rankings as like a top 10 tight end this year, maybe even top 15. So this is a guy, me personally, probably going to be staying away from. I agree with that. When you look at a guy like Gerald Everett, who played pretty much every single game last year, he finished at tight end 22 in PPR, only had 48 catches and he had four touchdowns. So those are decent numbers for a guy like Gerald Everett, but I don't think it's that unlikely that Albert O finishes with similar numbers there because of so many mouths to feed. So I think I'm just definitely going to be staying away, depending on where his ADP goes, because I've seen already a couple of guys' rankings where he's creeped into the top ten. Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 completely off that tight end room. I really like uh, Greg Dulwich. I think he's a great dynasty hold for somebody you can snag in like the fourth round of your rookie drafts, but um. I, I know, Kyle, you were really big on Alberto for a minute. I, what, so let's hear your take on this. I, I still kind of am, but I think I'm kind of where Seta is. I think if his ADP stays where we think it should be, I think I would not have a problem taking a shot on him. I think he's got potential. He's in a great offense. He's he's six foot five. He's a great red zone target. So I think he's a good flyer in a late round. But if his ADP does creep up, I think I'm going to be out on him. Yeah, it's just someone that could burn you. When I, when it comes to me and when I'm drafting, I'm drafting specifically on value, especially once it gets after that like top four picks for me. I try to hit a lot of upside with those first picks, and then after that, I try to go value, value, value. Him, not really at the value world, uh, you know, down the street. So He's I think not it, at value. World. So I think I may be you know sticking away from him. But uh, let's go. Uh, moving on to a couple other of the uh, Denver pass catchers. Uh, Chris, you want to go start get started? Yeah, a player I want to talk about on the Denver Broncos, um, it would be Cortland Sutton. I think that Cortland Sutton this year— Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that's what you like to call him, but not this year. Uh, look, the 
the newly acquired Russell Wilson going over to Denver is really, really going to have the biggest impact. It, it impacts the whole team in a sense that I think there's going to be a lot more scoring opportunities, but really it's that wide receiver room that gets a massive like boost forward. And one of these two receivers, in my opinion, between Judy and Cortland Sutton, is going to emerge as the first read. I'm going to put my money on Cortland Sutton. I just think that the team as a whole is really, really invested in him. They just extended him to a $10.5 million on, you know, I think it's per year. I don't know the full outlook of the um, the contract, but they, they gave him a pretty hefty extension. Yeah, he's now one of, I think, the top 10 paid receivers for sure after he got this deal. So Well, and beat reporters all talk about how much this team just loves this dude in the locker room. He's really great. I expect a lot to... Um, come up from that 98 total target percent. He had 98 targets last year. I expect that number to come up. He's now a full season removed from that ACL injury that he had, so he's going to be back to 100%. But the main thing here is we've seen Russell Wilson support multiple top 20 receivers in pretty much both of the last years. We saw DK Metcalf last year. And keep in mind, last year you got to take it with a grain of salt because Russell missed a decent amount of time due to uh, thumb injuries. But DK still managed to finish as the wide receiver 14 on the year. Lockett was the wide receiver 15. This is super ironic because the year before that, when Russell Wilson played the full season, DK was the wide receiver 7. Tyler Lockett was the uh, wide receiver 8. So I, I definitely expect Russell Wilson to elevate these receivers. If I had to put money on any of them, it would be Sutton. Where is Sutton going right now in ADP? Well, I can tell you right now that he is actually going after Jerry Judy. Yeah, see, I, I'm all I like over that. that. I like yeah. that. I, I'm all over that, absolutely. Yeah, I just... He's around other guys like Allen Robinson, Michael Pittman, uh, Hollywood Brown. Those are other names being drafted around the same ADP as him. Yeah, and I, I just think that somebody out of that room is going to take a massive leap forward into wide receiver one territory. As Sutton's the red zone guy. He makes the contested catches. This is the exact kind of receiver that I expect Russell Wilson to fall in love with. I'm going to be all over Cortland Sutton this draft season. Now, real quick, who do you think is a more talented receiver, Cortland Sutton or DK Metcalf? Uh, between the two, I mean, you got to go with. I, see, I don't. I would probably, if I had to put like talent, I actually would say Cortland Sutton. But if you look at like just raw athletic ability, that's DK Metcalf. When you talk about being a wide receiver, Sutton is just he's a better route runner. He's, I, I think they're equally as good at contested catches. But DK's just got that raw physicality to he's his got game. The size as yeah. well. Yeah. See, I I kind of consider them similar style of players and. When I think about the talent, um, I think I lean definitely more towards DK. So that's what makes me a little bit concerned with Cortland Sutton. I think very easily he can fall into the, exactly what you were describing, Chris, as that number one receiver for Russ and finish in the top 12. But even DK Metcalf didn't do that. And I know he was banged up last year, but he still had 12 touchdowns last year and didn't even finish inside the top 12 because of his lack of opportunities. Well, he also got a factor, and he was missing Russell Wilson for majority of the season last year. And even when Russell came back, he came back earlier than he was supposed to and was still dealing with that thumb injury. No, I, and I don't disagree with that. I just think that we, we've seen throughout Russell Wilson's career that it's not always the best, most physical receiver that he trusts. It's always, it's, it's always someone random, and it went from you know the Doug Baldwin to the Tyler Lockett, and very easily it could be to the less you know physically demanding guy in Jerry Judy. So that's where I'm at. Well, if he's going before Cortland Sutton, the reason why I was saying I like that is because that's where I'm going to probably have him in my rankings as well. Yeah, because I was going to – I know you're a big Jerry Judy guy, so I, I, I would imagine you're on the Jerry Judy side. Yeah, and I think both of these guys have upside. I think it's almost a coin flip on who's going to be 
that number one. But like you were talking about before, he's definitely going to be able to support both. So that's why I'm going to be kind of nervous for the other guys on that team. Yeah, and um, if you if, if you have a deeper bench in one of your leagues, I would not rule out Tim Patrick just because he is a very good red zone threat. And if one of these two were to go down with injury, he would immediately be elevated into what good you know usable wide receiver three territory. Yeah, solid flex option. Yeah. All right, so we talked about a lot of the pass catchers in Denver. Let's go ahead and get into that running back room. Kyle, who do you got? All right, I'm going to bring Melvin Gordon to the table. And at his current ADP, I am absolutely loving the value. He's going below guys like Michael Carter. He's going after guys like Devin Singletary and even Isaiah Spiller. So where where's Javante going right now? Because that's Javante Williams right now. Let me find like it. How, what's play. the difference between there? Like, Javante's the running Javante back Javante is going 23rd overall. So that's second round. Yeah, back of the second. Basically, last pick in the second round. And then Melvin league. Gordon is 109 overall. Wow. Pick. Yeah, that, that's a huge gap for someone who finished pretty similarly last season. Absolutely. And they actually had the same amount of carries last year. Identical. They were basically identical players last year. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like it was one of those like old school like high school offenses that it was like, all right, this drive your your turn, next drive your turn, this drive your turn. Like they want to make sure they shared the wealth. And even though Javante led the league in like broken tackles and yards after projection and all those stats where he shouldn't have gotten as many yards as he did, he still was splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I literally went to that Browns Denver game, and that's exactly what it was. Every year they rotated series, and I mean, you know, but Kyle, you know from the Dynasty podcast that we've been talking. I've been hyping Melvin Gordon up as a contender by Absolutely. for weeks now. I think. I, so let me ask you guys this: Would you rather at the current ADPs? So you're talking back end second round for Javante Williams, or the, in the hundred overall pick or tenth round? Yeah, tenth round for Melvin Gordon. I, I mean, which of the two would you prefer on your team? I'm t- I'm taking the value in Melvin Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm sticking with Melvin too, mainly because of value. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been talking about value all day, so that's where I'm at for sure. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think I'm going to be. He's definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on coming up. Uh, you know, throughout this ADP season and all that. All right, you guys got anybody else you want to hit on with the Denver Broncos? Um, I don't think though. I think we covered them all. I mean, I, Russell Wilson is somebody. You know, I, I think we're going to get a lot of what we normally get from him. I think he's going to be that inconsistent, but win you weeks when he takes off. So that that's yeah. what I would expect from him. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and ju- jump into the uh, division champs of last year, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, Kyle, you want to go ahead and get us started with your guy? All right. I- I'm bringing kind of a wild card here, and, and I'm going to bring I don't a- like it. I know you don't. I know you don't. I'm going to bring Mecole Hardman, and that's because in my mind after— Wow. All right. <laughs> in my mind, after Juju Smith-Schuster on that team, we don't really have a, a solidified— Second option. Sky Moore. <laughs> they drafted Sky Moore. They signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The only player left on that roster who has a relationship with Patrick Mahomes is Mecole Hardman, similar style player to Tyreek Hill. Are you leaving and out the number one read on that team? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I'm, I'm talking wide receiver that's room fair, specifically. But I, I think there's a chance, especially I don't have his ADP on hand right now, but I can guarantee you it is probably lower than all the other receivers. Undrafted, probably. Yes. So, And that's the reason. I wouldn't mind stashing him. I think he could he could be a flashy player week in and week Not week in and week out, but every here and there he could have flashy games. So I disagree with your take just because I don't like Michael Hardman. I think that he's garbage, personally. I think that Sky Moore is significantly better. I think Juju significantly. I even think Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Is better, but what I will say 
that I like about what you can. If you are somebody that does actually believe in Michael Hardman or Scantling, this is a great player to take with the last pick in your draft because this is one of those guys that you'll be able to cut, and you need those guys. Those are important because basically after week one, we're going to know. Is Hardman involved in the offense? Is he getting part of the snap percentage? So that's somebody you can let go. But how do you feel about some of the other pass catchers there, like Juju and uh, Sky Moore? Like, do you think that they have wide receiver two value, wide receiver one value? Well, what's your outlook on those? Right now, I mean, I think the only one that I can even get a firm grasp on is Juju. I, I think he's at least a wide receiver two in fantasy. That's his floor. If he stays healthy, he usually yeah. lingers around there, yeah. Absolutely. But the rest of these guys, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. This yeah. is an interesting team this year. I think these are some guys, though, that I'm going to be willing to take shots on. You know, a little bit different than how we were talking about, like, an Albert O guy who I want to stay away from. Like, I'm not going to be scared to draft a Juju, to draft a Travis Kelsey, of course. But even even guys like Sky Moore and MVS, I think I'm going to stay away from Mako Hardman simply for the fact that he's gotten his opportunity with the Chiefs offense, with Pat Mahomes. He's played in almost every game since he's been there, and he really just hasn't shown us, you know, anything like crazy to make us like you know secure with his play skills. So he has he has speed for sure, but I'm just nervous with him that Mahomes won't trust him because of the drop issues, because of a lot of those other things, and you know he may find a new not Tyree Hill esque player, but a new reliable target in a Juju or even a Sky Moore. So. Those are some other guys I would definitely be willing to take shots on, um, but I'm definitely going to go for value. So, like we always say, give me the last of the few. So yeah, I don't, I don't plan that out. So let's uh, linger real quick here on the wide receiver room. Uh, well, it's not the wide receiver room, the pass catching options. Travis Kelsey last year for the first time in I don't even know how long did not finish as the tight end one. I think it was four years in a row he was tight end one. Yeah. So are you guys going to still take Travis Kelsey as your tight end one in this draft, or is Mark Andrews officially passed him? Yeah, I, I'm Andrews for sure. I think with what they did this offseason and the play skill style and skills that he showed last season, it's it's like hard not to put Andrews first because of all those targets that are going to be gone. Plus, he played with not Lamar Jackson, who's who literally feeds him with targets. And I know Huntley did it as well, but Huntley's just not as good as Lamar. As much as I shit on Lamar, he's not as good of a quarterback as Lamar. No, that's so true. I can definitely see their offense playing better and even more touchdowns for Andrews. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I 100% agree. I would rather, and especially ADP reflects it too. I mean, I would much rather, I think we talked about this um, not too long ago on one of these. I would much rather use a second round pick on Andrews than a first round pick on Kelsey. Oh, so. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump into, so we spoke on the uh, pass catchers. I'm going to talk about the guy passing the ball, and that is Mr. Patty Mahomes. I think this is the only player on this team that I can like successfully say I know what to expect from. Yeah, and I kind of agree, and my biggest concern is, you know, the way his play style is, it's not like a Lamar where it breaks down and he takes off, but the plays break down, and then he just finds that jet running down the field, and it's an 80-yard slant to the house or, you know, different things like that. I wonder if his total upside is going to be capped with just being able to nickel and dime a team down the field when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Juju without that top-end speed. Hopefully they get some of the running backs involved, but... It makes me nervous taking Pat Mahomes as, you know, in the first, second, third round in redraft, especially if we're talking six-point passing touchdowns. Like, it seems crazy to not think that. So crazy that uh, looking at my rankings, I still have him as quarterback one. 
Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't blame you. I, I, I still like him a lot, too. Where's he going right now, overall? Uh, I mean, obviously, ADP is kind of tough to gauge at this moment in time. But uh, it's, you know. Let's see. Among quarterbacks, he's second quarterback off the board, 28th overall. So Probably right Allen. behind Josh Allen, yeah. Yeah, that is correct. And in mine, I have them literally, like, one or two with a couple more passing yards for either one. They can jump each other right now for those two. Now, I do think somebody else that we're going to talk about a little bit later could um, take over as the number two or even the number one on quarterback for this year. But we'll, we'll save that for the Chargers talk. Uh, I do love Pat Mahomes, though. I think that this is the one player on this team that I absolutely would smash except on my team as long as he came at a good value for me to draft a quarterback. I'm not investing a top three pick in him. I just don't think that's smart. I've, I've been burned on that. I've, I've seen other teams get burned on that. But – I do think he's got a lot of great weapons, and he's gonna. We're gonna see business as usual for Patrick Mahomes as long as he's on the field. Absolutely. Yeah, and if he does kind of slide for all those reasons I explained before, and he isn't the first or second or third quarterback off the board, that's something I would be interested in. I agree. So, all right, Chris, who do you got? I'm gonna talk about Clyde Edwards-Helaire again for the third season in a row now. Um, but this time it's gonna be flipped. I'm not that excited about him. So where where is he going right now among the running backs? All right. Give me a give me a gauge here with that. Come on, Kyle. What the? F- yeah, come on. He's he's going among the likes of Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne. Ooh, I would take a lot of those guys over him. I, I just I'm opposite. Really? For sure, I'm Clyde over all those guys. Really? Yeah, I just I, I I've been burned by him too many times. Now there did news did come out recently, like within the last two days, that apparently he was dealing with a uh, gallbladder surgery coming into last season, and it actually affected him to the point where his weight dropped down to 160 pounds for a running back. That is not a good weight to be at. So that is something i got to factor in. I just don't know, though, because his best attribute is in the passing game, and it just doesn't seem like this team uses him in that aspect. I mean, and they don't support it. They brought in a ton of pass catchers to replace the void of Tyreek Hill. There's definitely, he's going to be an interesting player this year. In my opinion, this is definitely a make or break season for the value of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Would you guys agree or disagree with that? Um, I mean, I think I agree with that whole like concept of make or break, but I, I'm still leaning more towards the side of make it because of where they draft him at, the team he's on and all that stuff. And, you know, he's burned you a couple times, Chris. He's burned me as well. But the way I look at Clyde Edwards-Lair is like that that first slice of that pizza that you just made in the oven or like a nice fresh patch of pizza rolls. You take a bite of them. Yeah, they're going to burn the shit out of your mouth. I understand it. But let it cool down for a little bit. And then you're going to go to town on those things. And they're going to be so much worse. It's going to be so worth it. That was poetry. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. I liked that. And honestly, I really do like... The upside with Kyle Edwards-Alaire. If he's going with the likes of, you know, all those guys, Damian Harris and ETN, a lot of guys who are definitely going to be splitting the backfield. And, and there's definitely a possibility where Clyde comes out as the sole back in that backfield, getting the passing work, getting some, you know, red zone looks, and he can completely outplay his ADP, depending on where he falls when it comes to draft time. Yeah, see, my concern is Ronald Jones, just because the, the Ronald Jones is the kind of running back that he's not going to really hold too much standalone value, but he is known for being annoying to the other running back in that room and taking goal line carries, taking regular through the tackle carries. He's not, and that that's what concerns me because Ronald Jones is he's not going to do anything to Clyde in the passing game, but it just doesn't seem like the team uses him like that in the passing game. So I uh, I can understand if you're in. I'm personally out. I don't. I would take Miles Sanders and Travis Etienne over Clyde Edwards-Helaire in today, right now, because I'm just I'm done. Yeah, so. he's a risky pick. Don't get me wrong, 
but it's someone I'm going to be willing to take a risk on when it comes draft time because you're going to need to have those players if you're going to want to try to make a run. You can't play every pick safe or else you're going to end up in the middle of the pack without any superstars, without any guys outplaying their stuff. So it's like I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Yeah, that's fair. I don't blame you. He's just not He's not one of the risks that I'm going to take. So right. Kyle, how are you feeling about it real quick? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on him. Okay, fair enough. Passing. All right, so we kind of went over a lot of the Chiefs players. Um, they – uh, they added a ton of players on defense when it comes to the draft and, you know, through the offseason. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out for their offense this year as a fantasy whole. So now we're going to move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get started first with my guy. He is a uh, kind of like the last guy I was talking about in Pat Mahomes. He's a bona fide stud, and that's Mr. Austin Eckler. You know, he's a tr- straight, straight uh, pass catcher when it comes to being a running back. But he still had so many touchdowns last year and the year before that. I'm willing to take a risk on him in the back end of the first round. And if he's going any earlier than that, I don't know. It's a little risky. But if I could pair him up with a dominant number one receiver, I think that's a great start to your fantasy draft. Yeah, any kind of PPR format, I'm all in on Eckler. I think Eckler is a phenomenal player. I, I there's definitely a lot. I like Isaiah Spiller, the rookie that they drafted. I do think that he's going to hold some value. That's a guy I want to add at the end of my drafts in case something happens to Eckler. And just, I know the Chargers have been trying desperately to find a guy that can help lighten the workload of Austin Eckler and take a little bit of the load off the carry. I mean, last year was the first year we saw Eckler get, I think, over 130 carries in his entire career. But he just does so much work in the passing game. I, I love Austin Eckler. Yeah, yeah, and he's currently the fifth running back off the board. I'm I, okay with that. Yeah, I think that's that, that seems about right, that, and, and I love that's it. That's solid value because I think that he could finish right there or he can definitely outplay it. Oh, yeah. And I don't think his floor, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be anywhere like less than like running back seven, eight, or nine when it comes to the total. Yeah, so. he is a bona fide RB one. All right. Well, uh, moving on to some of the pass catchers, Kyle. Who do you want to talk about for the charges? Uh, I, I got to go with the guy who I who I think might be the new wide receiver one there, and, that, and that's Mike Williams. Ooh, big Mike. Yeah. Ooh, how are you going to do Keenan like that? I, I, no disrespect to Keenan Allen, but I, I just think times are changing. And currently, with the way the ADP sits, I'm smashing the value for Mike Williams. Keenan Allen at 29th overall, and Mike Williams sitting down here at 69. Wow. Four rounds after. Yeah. Giggity is right. (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge difference. I mean, if you drafted Mike Williams last year, you probably got him between the 7th and, like, the 11th round. And your team was dominant because you picked that guy up that so late. Absolutely. So if you can get him around that, maybe a couple picks before, like a couple rounds before that, like fifth, sixth round, I think it's definitely a good value. Yeah. Yeah. My only concern is he really started off super hot and then he kind of bottomed out towards the end. I, but I do like Mike Williams a lot. I think that Mike Williams has wide receiver. To get Mike Williams in that aspect, like in that area of your draft, that is a player that does hold wide receiver one upside. So I, I'm with it. I'm, I'm here yeah, for it. And, and you pair him with who you're about to talk about, one of the best quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep, yep. Sign me up. Yeah, and I I think, too, just to highlight one more point with what Chris was kind of saying, you know, you drafted him in that late of a round. You're not expecting him to be your dominant player. As long as a few of your other picks hit, he can kind of bring you along as you're battling those injuries and that flex play and everything like that. So I think it was a perfect spot, perfect role for him. And I saw a lot of people in the playoffs winning championships because of Mike Williams. So, uh, Chris... You got. I'm going to talk about Justin Herbie fully loaded, a guy that I've been all over since his rookie season. Last year, he finishes the QB2. I expect nothing but the same for this kid going out of this year. He's somebody that I would absolutely love to take in those. I mean, he's one of those quarterbacks that I'd be more than happy to 
draft a little bit earlier than a lot of the other ones. I just think that this Chargers team showed us with uh, their uh, with uh, Brandon Staley that they are going to air it out. They averaged 39.9 pass attempts per game last season. This is also a team that is not afraid to go for it on fourth down. This is a fantasy player's best friend when it comes to this team. And I just think for all the reasons that we just highlighted with between Eckler, between Williams, between Keenan Allen, who is another player I do absolutely still love. He's got plenty of just, you know, certified weapons. I like the addition of Gerald Everett in the tight end room, which Herbert does tend to utilize his tight end, especially in the red zone. I think that we're going to see just another massive step forward for Herbert. And he finishes the QB two last year and he still has so much room to grow. So I'm all over him as one of my quarterbacks for this season. Yeah, I don't hate Herbert. But. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. So this is the main thing I think of. when, when You know, it's easy to try to, you know, okay, young superstar quarterback, great offense, and then that's it, end of the story. But when you're in these leagues with people that are studying this stuff year-round like you guys are and like we are, there's other things that go into being that dominant of a quarterback, and one of it was the constant shootouts that he was in because of how poorly his defense was playing last year. And what did they do this offseason? They just brought in so many very good top-end defenders. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous that, you know, his whole division is going to be tight. And when they bring in guys like J.C. Jackson and Cleo Mack and all those guys, it could lead to some tighter and tighter games that may not be a 43-42 to game and could be a 24-21 to game. And just kind of capping his overall you know, upside. I think he's definitely a great guy to take a shot on, but I'm going to watch where that hype goes because I think that hype come draft time is going to be through the roof for the Chargers. Yeah, just keep in mind where the um, where what all the other teams in this division have done as well because they've added a lot of firepower on offense. We got Devontae Adams in this uh, class now, are in this division now. Russell Wilson's in there now with elevating all them. You know, a lot of players that we've been talking about because we're talking about this division. So I do think he's going to still be in a lot of shootouts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I would just, there, there's a level of concern there with how good their defense could be and with who else they added on there. And I don't blame you for that. I mean, if you wanted to take a shot on one of the late-round quarterbacks over him, because you're going to have to invest a top pick to get this guy on your team. But if you just want security at that quarterback position and you're one of those players, I do think you're going to get that just off of the opportunity and the talent of Justin Herbert. So, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with just about everything you said, but what we've been saying all day is value. And I think with where his ADP is, and what you said, Seta, how there is that chance that he could fall off because of the the defense they have now. I, I just don't think it's worth it at that ADP. Yeah, and, you know, when it comes to drafting a quarterback early, you know, a lot of people say that it's not worth it, it's not worth it. Unless your quarterback actually hits, then it is worth it. Like, if you have a Josh Allen or a, or a Pat Mahomes in their MVP seasons, they were very valuable when it came to fantasy. Yes. But if you have a, a quarterback that, you know, you drafted a Lamar Jackson Lamar, yeah, last year, I was say Lamar, you yeah. know, in the first three rounds, like your team still could be decent, but you weren't winning games because of that position. And that's what makes me nervous about Herbert. I, I will say my cardinal rule when it comes to that is don't ever draft a quarterback and a tight end in the top five rounds. If you want to go one of the two in the top five rounds, go ahead, but don't ever do both. So. And sometimes I don't draft with the condom on and I go both quarterback and tight end early I mean, sometimes i do too but it's burned me so damn all right well going on uh we're gonna move on to our last team of the day the las vegas raiders the raiders and uh this is a team that uh chris had a whole 55 minute soliloquy on earlier this so season. much raiders <laughs> so uh we're gonna kind of move past this one pretty quick <laughs> um i'm gonna go ahead and get started with the quarterback and that is mr Derek carr um you know 
this is a guy who every single season he's played, he's just played pretty solid. Like, does he make dumb mistakes that you, when you're watching him, you're like, okay, this guy is a terrible quarterback? Yes. Does he then make plays that you're like, okay, this guy could be a top five quarterback? Also, yes. And with the addition of Devontae Adams, I think that this guy definitely has the ability to jump into that top 10 range when it comes to quarterback play. It's all about how good his team plays as a whole. But with all those weapons, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, even a decent run game with Jacobs and, you know, Kenyon Drake and all those other guys they've added, this guy is definitely not staying away from when it comes to draft time. I think he's going to be a smash value. I think he's going to be the best value on the Raiders when it comes to draft capital because this is one of those teams where, like, Derek Carr, it's not a sexy name. You're going to take Justin Herbert over Derek Carr. You're going to take Mahomes. You're going to take Josh Allen. You're going to take a lot of these guys, Kyler, Lamar, Dak Prescott. These are all guys that are going to go over Derek Carr, as they probably should. Right. But with what Derek Carr can do and the weapons that he has, I mean, we've seen him. And plus, factor in everything we've been talking about with the division. He has to put up points to win in this division. So, and I really like their head coach, as I highlighted a few episodes ago with Josh McDaniels. I, I was very happy about that signing. I think that he's going to do great things for that offense. When it comes to value terms on this team, I really like Derek Carr. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick question: Jalen Hurts or Derek Carr? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hurts all day. Hurts. Yeah, I think I I think I'd stick with Hurts. What What if I told you Hurts was seventh round and Carr is about eleventh round? That's different. Mm. I'd probably go Carr in that that aspect because that's mm. about where they're they're going right now. See, I I love Jalen Hurts. Only as a fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's that yeah. good of an NFL quarterback. He's got the upside. But he's but. a great fantasy quarterback. Well, yeah, because he's rushing all the time. But, but, like, he might be in my top five when it comes know, to ranking time. I think I'm going Carr just because of what you said, Seta. He has the weapons now to make that leap to be an elite fantasy quarterback. He's got the opportunity. So I would definitely go with Derek Carr in that situation. I'm not going to lie. I would go Hurts. But that's just simply because seventh round is a fine value to take a quarterback. And Hurts just offers that rushing upside, does, which yes. gives you that baseline. That's and, very true. Yeah. But I, that doesn't take away from the fact that Derek Carr is a smash value in the 11th round Absolutely. if you don't get a Jalen Hurts in the uh, Trey Lance is also going 11th round. That's it. I think I would still I, – That's I like Trey Lance. I'm one of the few oh, yeah, people in the Hitstick family that do. Trey Lance truther. I, I am. I'm the Trey Lance truther. But I, I still think for redraft purposes, I would definitely take Derek Carr over Trey Lance. All right. Well, moving on from Derek Carr, someone he's going to be throwing the ball to for a lot of tutties. Kyle, who's your guy? Uh, this is uh, someone uh, – Darren Waller. Loving him this year. I think having Devontae Adams on that team is going to open up the middle of that field for him. I think he's got a chance to it, – it's so hard saying he's got a chance to be the top tight end because does he does he really? No, but he's got a chance to be top five easily like he has been. I, I think that's – I don't want to say guaranteed, but barring injury, I expect him to be top five tight See, end I, again. I don't agree. Keep going. That That's what I got. What, what, what are your reasons for not? I'm going to run, bro. I was going to say, I mean, I – I agree with Kyle mainly because when he plays a full season and he had that full-time role, he has been a top five. He's not at Devontae Adams, though. That's that, my concern. That, and that's Help true, him. but I'm not saying that's out of the possibilities. Right. And with all these guys that they've added over the year, like, you know, with the emergence of Renfro and Devontae Adams becoming a, you know, a dominant star in, in, in the league, like, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for him if he plays all the games. Like, he still was a decent tight end. With missing, you know, five, six, seven games last year, so it's it's definitely a guy depending on where the ADP shakes up. That if I don't get the Mark Andrews or the Travis Kelseys, that you know, if I could pair him up in the middle of my rounds, middle of my draft, I wouldn't stay away from. I don't think he makes it out of the top five rounds, and that's why I don't like him. I could be wrong. Come draft season, right what's now, his ADP right now? Right now, sleepers got him 
34th overall. So, yeah, that's, that's top five rounds. Yeah, third so, round, fifth tight end overall. See, That's a little steep for your boy over here. Yeah, and my concern is, like, he had that that tight end two overall finish back in um 2020 here, but that was on the – a lot of that was on – getting 146 targets and getting nine touchdowns. And Devontae Adams coming to the team, what does he do? He's going to command a lot of targets, and he is probably the best red zone threat wide receiver in the NFL when it comes to snagging tutties. So I I think that Adams is going to really take away from Darren Waller's basically meat and potatoes of scoring you fantasy points. And then when it comes to like sharing those targets, I, Hunter Renfro's there as well. So – I think that Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are going to kind of eat into each other, and Devontae Adams is going to flourish. I'm all over Devontae Adams this year. I have no problem investing a first-round pick in him after you know some of these top-end running backs have gone. I think that's completely fine just because of the coaching history of Josh McDaniels. But you can go back to the um, coaching change episode to hear my full breakdown on that. Uh, but but yeah, I, I'm just a little concerned on Darren Waller this year. If he could slip back to like that sixth round and later, I would probably be willing to take a flyer. Or if he gets traded to Green Bay somehow, because that's been a rumored thing this offseason, I'd be in then. But right now with where it's at, top three, top four rounds, no, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat with them. I mean, I, I just feel like it's, you know, with we kind of talked about it in our first episode. With all of those different mouths to feed, it's going to be hard for one person to emerge. But there's definitely still a possibility with the level of quarterback of Derek Carr. So it's a guy I, I wouldn't stay away from, but I don't know if I'm going to actively be targeting in my drafts. Um, Chris, you want to finish this off? Yeah, So, um, but real quick, uh, TJ Hawkinson or Darren Waller, redraft. Um, if I'm going, if, if we're sticking to my, you know, our, our value slogan, I'd go Hawkinson. Okay. Mm. That's, it's, that's tough, right? That's a tough I, one. I don't yeah. think I want either. Fair. I mean, I, don't, I, I can't blame you for that. So, I mean, ah, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. So, uh, but I'm going to talk about Josh Jacobs running back for the uh, Raiders, who we're literally it. talking to. I love Josh Jacobs this year. Again, somebody else I touched base a lot on in the coaching change episode. I do think that there is a lot of room here for him to get a significant amount of carries. Yeah, but he sucks. I, I know you don't like him, Seth. Hang on. But just because he said that right now, currently being drafted as the RB21. Oh Makes sense. God, that is such a great value. He's, he's going to be my at, RB30 probably. He's going after James Conner. Wow. I like I will we're going we'll talk about James Conner. I'm in on James Conner this year. But anyway, um I, I really like Josh Jacobs. There is no um, the main reason why is we've seen Josh McDaniels just utilize the running back position with targets throughout his years as being an offensive coordinator for the Patriots. And there is really nobody there outside of Kenyon Drake that can take those targets away. And Kenyon Drake has not been able to stay healthy the last few years. I do not think Kenyon Drake has a lot left in the tank. He's looked very washed up, very just run down from years and years of playing running back in the NFL. And I just, it's RB 21 overall. That's a smash value. We've seen Jacobs have an RB one season in the past. And that was on not even getting the 64 targets that he got last season. If that number goes up, I mean, you're looking at a locked and loaded guaranteed top 15 back. So, I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you got to remember with Jacobs, he sucks. He doesn't oh suck. He sucks. No. no, he's just, he's not a guy I like. I he just, the build, you know, the player, I don't know what it is. He's just one of those guys that, it's not like he's burned me like crazy. It's just like a guy just, he seems boring. He's a boring pick he to me gives, when it comes to fantasy. He gives you the ick. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that I think can really build you that strong foundation. If you get him as your RB2, that's somebody that's going to get 18 carries. And, you know, it's going to be – there's not a lot of weeks that he's going to give you lower than 9 to 10 points, which yeah. – and he has the capability of giving you 30-plus. 
So you're going to have weeks where he can win you those weeks because he's just in that RB2 spot. That's such a great value, but he's rarely ever going to just totally screw you over to the point where you get a two-point game from him. That just doesn't seem to happen with him too often. Yeah, and I feel like if he starts slipping, like his ADP at running back 21 or whatever it was, what Kyle said earlier, like if he falls out of the fifth round, okay, maybe he doesn't suck that bad. Now I would take a look at him. Yeah. But in those first like three or four rounds, I just feel like there's so many more you know, sexy players that can win me a week or two where I don't know if uh, Josh Jacobs can do it. I mean, that's fair. Either you're in arm or you're not, but I am in. So you going, here's one for you, Sims, because I know you're big on him. Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall. Uh, for this season, oh, yes. man, that's tough. I, in redraft, I would probably have to go with Jacobs. Okay. ADP is one pick apart, right? Yeah, I, I, but Dynasty, that's Brees Hall all day, without a doubt. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think the Jets are going to suck this year, though. Well, we're talking about the Jets. Well, he doesn't like Zach Wilson. Ziv said I hate Zach Wilson with a burning passion. Zach Wilson's terrible. But we got plenty of time to talk Jets. That's that's coming up here. In All right. Do you guys got anything left for the AFC West? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, this division's exciting. This is a fun division. There's so many players that I'd be willing to take on my team. You know, and it's there's been so many changes yes. that I kind of want to see where the hype gets them. Because the hype goes, it's like a roller coaster, you know. First, they'll be up really high, and then they'll start to drop because people will talk about how many miles they got to feed and all those things. So I'm really excited to see where these guys uh, land when it comes to draft time. I am too. So, well, all right. As always, you guys know where to find us. Hell yeah. You can, uh, I just wanted to let everyone thank you for tuning in this week. Um, we really do appreciate it. And if we can just hammer those reviews home, any kind of Apple podcast, retweets, all that stuff on our Twitters, you can follow us on any social media platform at Hitstick Fantasy. On, like I said, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Feel free to follow us on our own personals. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. At KBrew22. And I'm at HitStickChris. Feel free to send us any long-form feedback on our email at HitStickFantasy at gmail.com. And we'll have Rydog back next week. Have a good night, everyone. Fuck you, Corey Long.